Hey everybody, welcome to Thumbnail Visual Arts Podcast. I'm Joe Roshert, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignol, visual artist. And today we're going to be talking about studio space, something that every artist deals with. And there's all different types of studio spaces. So I thought we could go through like what Joe and I have had for different studio spaces and then kind of the pros and cons of having them in your own home versus having something separate within your own home there's different ways you can do it i know you know some people have like a separate shed type building or in their garage and some things like that may be better than having like a bedroom so we'll get into that a little bit but you want to start with just telling your history of our studio history yeah because mine isn't very extensive i don't know how yours is but why don't you go first and just talk us through that yeah so our first studio spaces are similar at mecca we're given studio space as a major yep it wasn't a huge studio space basically a cubicle desk in a room of other cubicle desks with your other fellow majors should we do the pros and cons of each as we go no let's just go through them list them and then through them okay and then we'll kind of go through the different elements because obviously when people think of studio spaces having some outside the house versus in the biggest thing they always think about is obviously it's a price difference because you have to rent a different yeah but i thought there was so much more that we could talk about than just price it's so much more than price so from there i had to move my studio into my apartment bedroom so i was sharing an apartment and so i had to find a space within my bedroom and, and make that work and so i've done a couple configurations of that whether i'd had to lift my bed up high so i could have a studio underneath my bed so that kind of went crazy mm-hmm. so another studio i had was a separate studio that i had for a long time and it was nice it was like a 15 by 15 square foot tall ceilings how close to where you were living was it it was walkable so it was like oh, nice. a 10 minute walk maybe yeah that's really cool and then from there i moved the studio back into my apartment thinking that it would be fine because it was a bigger apartment and the bedroom was bigger but that had its own issues. And then I moved apartments. Now I'm currently in a three-level apartment. So I have my bedroom on the top floor with some studio stuff up there, like photo and some storage stuff. And then the rest of it, the main floor and the basement is all studio. So I sacrificed my living room. So I don't have a living room. And it's like basically my whole apartment's my studio. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking again for a studio space and I'm looking to get a separate studio again wait so where you are now which is where i've been to it's an apartment but it's also your studio and you're walking right into the studio from the front door basically yeah which is kind of cool because if you had clients or something and you wanted to bring them into your studio they wouldn't have to go through your house to get to it or anything right it's all right here yeah. and i haven't been sleeping here i've been staying at my girlfriend's place for the past year and so when i come every day to work it's nice because it's like i'm separating both already but oh okay so, yeah that's true kind of like a hybrid scenario right now so it really is basically you're just using it as a studio almost exclusively even though it's in your place. So that's like a different type of situation for sure. And so you said you're moving, you're looking to move. So you're looking for a separate place. Yeah. So I'm looking for a separate studio now. Well, so you have a separate one right now because you know, you're staying with your girlfriend and you're working there, but obviously you're paying a lot because it's a whole apartment. So you're looking for something that's more studio. I'm looking to save on overhead and then hopefully it won't be a huge step down in the actual space because the space I have right now is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, trying to save on some overhead. And it's like there's so many, I feel like in Southern Maine, there's a ton of old mill buildings and stuff that people have turned into studio space. But there's also a ton of artists. So a lot of them have wait lists and stuff. 
Yeah. I know Portland is kind of an art city, so it makes sense that there are more artists and there's an art school. But it's still not an easy thing to find for some reason. No. I think it's because there's just so many artists working in town that the studio spaces go fast. I'll talk about my studio history, which is short and it's minimal, but I've learned a lot just in that little amount. And I had the same as you at Mecca. I had like a studio space, which is like shared with the other majors, but you do get your own personal space. And, you know, like a desk and there's um, you can lock up things up so you can leave it there. So it acts like as a real studio. And then I also had a friend in the painting studio that let me work in his studio when I needed to do bigger things and stuff. So that was nice to have kind of two studios that we somewhat shared. So even when I was at Mecca during class time, I'd work in those studios. But most of the time I worked from home, it was just easier for me. Yeah. And then when I left Mecca, I had basically no studio. I worked in my living room. And every day I set up and every day I took everything down again. You know what I mean? Ouch. It was a pain. That's a pain. And so I did it like that. The stupidest part is I had a desk and I had a room upstairs that I could easily have turned into a studio. But I don't know. I just like to have like the TV on and there was no TV in that room. I was just I should have just bought a TV and just moved upstairs sooner. (laughs) But I worked like that for like a year, just basically setting up every single day in the living room yeah so finally i decided to turn the space that i had the desk into into a more of a studio it's not big it's like probably 100 square feet maybe 10 by 10 room mm-hmm. for one person it's fine but it's not something that is great you know because i'd like to work on bigger pieces and so mm-hmm. for that it's not the greatest but every day i kind of like tweak it and i'm fixing it and making it a little bit more workable and so because i live here it's easier to do that every time i get a little bit of time i can come in here and kind of work at it but there's a lot of drawbacks to working at home and a lot of pros so that's what we're going to talk about because mm-hmm. i kind of made a list and we could go through them and talk about each scenario for this list and then if you have anything you want to add or sure. add to the list that would be cool so obviously price that's the first thing right so the biggest thing about having a home studio is you're saving a lot of money because you're looking at studios right now and they range from what, like 600 to... The lowest end I've been seeing is 300 and then going way up. You could go as big as you want, really, but... And for 300, those are like pretty open studios where you don't have your own space to like lock things up, right? Right. Those are some of the options. And I know like my very first separate studio space started at 300 and slowly built up like 15 bucks a year or something Mm -hmm. that was also kind of a shared space in a sense but eight and a half foot walls tall ceilings but open ceilings so you could hop the walls even though the door could lock so it wasn't that secure basically yeah it was kind of secure yeah if someone brought a ladder in though they could get over i guess but more secure than not having a lock at all obviously and the people that were in the same space with i trusted so it was a big deal so basically if you have a low-end studio you're paying three four hundred bucks a month you know a hundred dollars a week if you're just starting out as an artist it's already hard enough to make a living and now if you're all of a sudden going to add four hundred dollars a month extra that you have to make on top of your other bills that's probably not feasible for most people that are just starting out right it depends how hard you're going to push <laughs> I, I guess and i just feel like if you're just starting out as an artist it is it is tough especially at first but then once you have it you don't want to give it up, yeah. you know? So it's almost like you work harder to keep. It. That's true. I think if you have a savings or whatever, it might be a little bit realistic thing to do. If I was talking to someone and they were like, I want to make the jump into a full-time artist and I've never really done that before and I haven't made money that way, I wouldn't recommend having an outside-of-the-house studio just because the best way to make being an artist work is just to have as few costs as possible. 
So why have additional costs that you don't need to have? Let's take cost out of it because there's so many other things we'll talk about and cost is just one of them. The next one is like a work-life balance. And so it seems to me like if you live where you work, it's harder to have that balance. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I have a super hard time separating work-life stuff as is. I'm always thinking about the projects. I'm not like ever giving myself time to relax. And then sometimes I surpass my tolerance and I crash, right? I have to do nothing for several days and just recharge. Yeah. And so it could be all psychological too. I need a physical place where I know I can, this is like my relaxing brain where I could turn off and then another physical place where I can turn work brain on. Mm-hmm. I just kind of know based on my space that I'm in. That's how I think a lot of people were. If they're at home, it's harder to get into that. Like I find it harder to get motivated to start work. But then once I do, I'll work late. But I also find because I work and live in the same place that I end up working like seven days a week, at least for a little bit. I'll just go up into the studio. Whereas if I had a studio that was like across town, I probably wouldn't drive there just to work for a half hour or an hour. Right. And people always say like, must be nice to work from home. And I always word it that I don't work from home. I live at work, which sounds like more hardcore, I guess. When you think of it that way, it's not as fun because... It's hard to ever get away from your work. Right. It's like my wife works at a spa. She's the spa director and she manages all of the massage therapists and the estheticians and all that stuff. And she doesn't even really like going in and getting a massage because she works there. Mm -hmm. But you'd think that would be a great thing to do. But when you work at a place, it's like the last place you want to be. So working at home can have a negative impact on your life because of that in a way definitely think about all the times you're just wandering around the kitchen and snacking and grazing or you're in your bedroom and you're like i'm gonna lay down for a sec and then two hours go by and you're like whoops well that's true it is a lot harder to start that's the biggest problem right because when i am at home and i do start something i get in the zone i get in the flow pretty quick and I am very productive. Yep. But it's how to get that jump start is all like every day. It's just tough. Yeah. Once you get into the zone, you're good. But getting into yeah. it is definitely harder. I like when you work from home, you don't have to pre-plan as much because you have like a fridge and a stove and a microwave. If you went off to yeah. a studio, you kind of have to think like, okay, I'm going to need lunch, so I better pack. Right. Whereas that's not something you even worry about because you know you have everything at your fingertips. True. And so the second thing is kind of that which kind of goes with the work-life balance. Some people have trouble switching gears. And when you sit in your car and drive into work or you drive to a separate studio, it makes that mental change easier to switch gears. Definitely, definitely. I'm literally like just, okay, I walk upstairs with my coffee and then I walk into the studio. And so it's two seconds in between when I'm in my home and then my work. And it does seem like it's hard to switch gears right from one thing to another. Yeah. Did you notice... A big difference with just moving your studio into a bedroom versus your living room? Yes. As far as your productivity and everything? Yeah, I did. Because I would sit there in the morning with my coffee and breakfast and I'd put the TV on and then sometimes it would be on for like hours before I finally was like, I should start working. And I think because I had to set everything up every day, it was like daunting. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to set everything up. But the good thing about setting up every day is you tend to work longer because you took the time to set everything up and you wouldn't do that just for a half hour or an hour. Yeah. Whereas if everything's already set up, like I have upstairs now, I can just go up in my studio for a half hour or an hour if I want to. Right. That's another pro and con. Setting up every day is really not ideal, 
but it forces you to really work when you do set up because it's such a pain to do. But I always liked every time I've ever had a job outside of the house, I kind of like the ride to work and the ride home. I put music on. It's relaxing a little bit, but it does help you get into that mindset. So you're staying with your girlfriend and then you're coming into your studio basically right now. How far of a drive or a walk is it? It's like eight to 10 minute drive. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty close. It's enough to play like three songs on the radio or something. Right. It's definitely enough to clear the mind and start to get ready. But because it's my apartment, so like all my clothes are here, I'll take my shower here. And yeah, so if a kitchen, it's not like I'm going into work completely. It's like I'm going into my nest again. Yeah. It can get distracting. You're in a pretty unique studio situation where you live somewhere else, really, because you're sleeping somewhere else. And where you sleep is kind of where you live. But you still have this full apartment there with all your stuff and your toothbrush and your clothes and stuff. So I think that's probably almost ideal to have all that stuff where you're going to work. You have an easy time to switch gears because you're going to a separate place, but then you have all your stuff you need there. But it's just so expensive to have a whole separate apartment or whatever. It is. And I think I could use my money better. And so I I think I could save on overhead, even if it's just a couple hundred bucks a month. That's a lot. It adds up and I might be able to find a space that's more suitable for my workflow. Yeah. Right now, I I have kind of two halves of my studio where I like to do sculpture stuff. And that gets really dirty. So I keep that in the basement. Yeah. But I've always thought it might be nice for everything to be in the same space so that I can transition from one to the other seamlessly when I get stuck on one thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting stuck here, but now I could play with some clay for a little bit and might be able to figure out what I'm not able to figure out 2D over here, you know? Yeah. Digitally over here. You have the two areas, but you have a nice chair with wheels on it so you can just slide (laughs) right over. That would be perfect. Right. I always thought the perfect setup, I have a friend that has an at-home studio. It's like a guest house. So he has to go outside to get to it. So just in going outside, that helps you switch gears. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, sometimes in the mornings, I would go for a walk before starting to work, just so it's as if I'm walking to work. Yeah. But I'm just walking in a circle back home. Go to get like a coffee or something and then come back home. It's not a bad idea to just to get outside, get fresh air and feel like you're going to work. Yeah. Even though, like you said, it's just a circle. Right. You've watched The Office, obviously. I love the one with he does like a fun run or or a run to raise money for rabies or something. It's like a 5K and they just like end the race and they're like, where are we? He's like, we're like 5K away from the office. They're like, why didn't you make it a circle? <laughs> they have to go all the way back. So it's like you're just walking in a circle, obviously, to go back to your studio when you go walk to work. But yeah. I always thought that was funny. Like <laughs> a 5K and just end it 5K away or where you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that there's any credence to some people say they're more creative in a studio that's away from their home? I don't know if it's more creative or just less distractions, really. Well, just having less distractions could make you more creative, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was all around more productive with a separate space. It's nice because it becomes your creative bubble and all your inspiration kind of builds up around you in that bubble. So I post post post-it notes everywhere and inspiration on my walls and a bunch of my artwork that I'm working on on the walls and like even starting to go into the ceilings, you know. And so you, you really are completely surrounded by your creativity that you've manifested right right? and so you've created your little world that you could literally 
step into and help you get into your mindset, right? That creative bubble again. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I guess I would be creative space. I think there's some truth to it. I guess it just depends on the person. So that's a personal thing. But going into the fact that it's less distractions. So when you work from home, especially if you have pets or kids, or if you're just an easily distracted person, there's just so much you could easily go and do. Mm-hmm. There's always projects around the house you could be working on. And usually it's not bad because I have the house to myself for the day while my wife's at work. But because of the shutdown, she's been home every day. And just that distraction has been making a little bit harder for sure. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a ton of distractions at your house, I think probably having a studio outside your house would be more ideal for sure and then just making sure no matter where your studio is to really think about optimizing your workflow however you work have your tools just ready to go because you never know when you're going to have that idea and when inspiration is going to strike yeah it takes a lot of trial and error and you will dial into what that flow looks like for you and everyone's different but it makes such a difference when you have your tools ready to just pounce on a moment's notice which is nice because when you work from home even if you get inspired at a weird time you can always just jump into the studio where it's it's a little harder if you're away and then i was thinking too just about storage space i know that where i live there's not a ton of storage so it would be great to have a place outside of the house i feel like now i have to minimize what i have and if i want to get new things maybe i have to throw out some old stuff that i'm not using because it's a small space yeah but you could also rent a studio that's small too that doesn't necessarily correlate with just home studio versus away so that's stuff i've been thinking about too i was thinking well what if i made a book of some sort and i wanted to get a bunch made and i got a ton of books delivered to me yeah and like that's a lot of weight that's a lot of space where do i even put that people don't think about that because i've published four books now self-published and yeah they take up so much space right my closet is about 10 percent clothes and 90 percent books and <laughs> my parents have a whole room at their house that is just boxes of books. I'm thankful they have a big house. They have four-bedroom house just for the two of them. So I'm taking up one of their bedrooms with boxes of books. And that just happens when you self-publish books and a lot of artists do things like that. Or if you're working on big pieces, you have to have a place to store them. Right. So you got to think of these things. And storage, that's a cost. So if we went back to the whole cost talk. And the way I think about it is like, yeah, sure, you could get a storage locker somewhere. But how much is that going to cost you? It'll be a couple hundred bucks a month. It's like you might as well get a studio space at that. You may as well get a studio at that. So you could use it and store stuff. You got to think that way too. And when you think of it as, well, it is your business. So at least you could now deduct all your studio expenses from your gross income and lower your tax burden. So yes, it's definitely worth it. I think so for sure. It's different too for us with storage Well, you have a basement, which is awesome. A lot of people in apartments in the city don't have basements or attics. So that alone gives you storage space that a lot of people, like I live in a condo. There's no basement here. There's no attic. So it's closet space is the only storage we have, which is Mm -hmm. not ideal. What about a lot of artists? It depends what type of artist you are, but a lot of artists have clients they work with and buyers that will want to come into their studio, maybe to look at the work or Mm -hmm. to meet with you. And obviously having a studio outside of your house, 
especially if you have a storefront attached. I mean, then it's even better, but it's a little maybe more professional looking. It's way more professional looking. I feel like I've gotten a lot of my clients when I first started because I looked professional, right? Because I had a separate studio, because I was able to invite them to my studio and show them what I was working on. And people sometimes, a lot of businesses don't realize how important it is how you look yeah how the design of your menu is or how your logo looks or just your overall look how important that is for a a first impression yeah like i might not eat there because it looks bad but i might go to the place next door because it looks good but it might taste worse yeah it's so important and then also like i was talking about your place before you have a studio that's in an apartment at least when you walk into the front door you're walking into your studio it's Mm -hmm. way worse for me I don't ever have people come over to my place because they would literally have to walk through my kitchen upstairs Mm -hmm. in the hallway into my studio. And so I just don't want people in my house. I've had multiple people contact me through Instagram. Like, can I come to your studio and look at your originals that you have available? And I'll send them a PDF, but I always say no because I just don't want people knowing where I live. I don't want people coming to my home. That's one of the main things that would appeal to me. We've both been talking and thinking about maybe going in together on a studio, which may happen. But that's like one of the big things, just being able to have a separate studio so that I could say yes when a client or a potential buyer wants to come and look at what I have. Right. Like I used to have studio visits all the time and full classes would come and check out my studio. And that was always so nice. I missed doing that. I had to say no to those as soon as I moved into my apartment the first time because of the same reasons. Like, well, I don't want people walking through the house. That's not really given the image and message give. So I definitely would think about that differently. Like if I went to a tattoo artist or something and they were like, oh yeah, just come through my kitchen. I'm in the back. It just seems like something a little off about it, even though really it could be totally fine. And if they're a good artist, who cares? But it does give off such a different impression versus Mm -hmm. having a professional studio. And I think just that alone is probably the biggest pro for having a separate studio. Definitely. And I think the biggest con is money. It's just the fact that it costs money, a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. And so you just got to keep your eyes open for the right thing. Yeah. It comes down to, I think. I really love tall ceilings. For some reason, I feel like I could think better if I have more space above me, <laughs> like, like physically have more space above you need, me. Because you need your thought bubble <laughs> to have like room. Right. <laughs> right. Where, where's my thought bubble going to go? If you have a low ceiling. Yeah. I know low ceilings just feel they're coming down on you anyway. I always like a really wide open studio space. If yeah. it's got brick, even better. Yeah. For some reason, when you go into places like that, you do feel so much more inspired. My friend that I was talking about that has his studio at home, it's in an old barn and it's awesome. Like you walk in there, it's all wood, it's all wide open. And he's got a shop that he sells his art through right in the barn. And it's just so cool. I'm so jealous of that. But it's like I'd have to move out into the country and I like living where I live. You have to sacrifice some things. A lot of people that we're going to be talking to on this podcast, they do probably already live in the country. And so they probably maybe already have a garage or a cellar or something like that where they could easily make a nice, big, large studio for themselves. Yeah. For city people, it's definitely more of a challenge if you're going to do it from home. There's options like the barn or shed idea. I remember seeing options at a Home Depot or Lowe's one time. It was like a prefab kit for a big two-level shed or garage or something for like ten dollars to $12,000 for just the bone. That's a pretty awesome project. If I had the space, yeah, I would totally consider doing something like that. I will say, though, the guy that I'm talking about that has the barn, he does complain 
he says it's really only comfortable in the fall and the spring because in the summer it's impossible to air condition the place and in the winter it's cold he has like a heater and so i think just because of that i actually probably would rather be where i am because i do like to be comfortable and I don't think I'd have a fun time working all day if I was super hot or really cold. Or in a winter jacket trying to draw. Yeah. With with gloves on. There's there's (laughs) definitely something to be said for being like comfortable and having a good temperature in your studio. Yeah. And that definitely gets harder. With those big places with the open high ceilings, those are hard to air condition in the summer. Yeah, definitely. So that's a thought too. Got to get some airflow going. What would be the perfect studio setup for you or your dream studio? My dream studio would be if I had a house with a separate little house, a guest house, but it was just a studio inside of it. And it had a bathroom. So I didn't have to go outside and go back into the house if I needed to use a bathroom. It would be the perfect size with taller ceilings, but it would have a a nice air conditioner that worked really well. I don't like to be hot at all. I'd prefer to be cold. So I would definitely want it to be comfortable in the summer more so than the winter. So yeah, I just would love something like that where I could walk outside, take a few steps, open the door and I'm there, but I can leave everything set up. How big are you thinking, roughly? It doesn't even have to be that big. I'm thinking like right now I'm in 100 square feet, so that's pretty small. Even twice this size would be probably big enough for what I need, right? I could set up like the other half of the room for like working on bigger pieces with an easel and drop cloths or whatever. I don't know, but you don't really need it. It depends on the type of artist you are, I guess. But for what we do as illustrators, you don't need a ton of room. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like where you work, do you feel like you're running out of room? I mean, I think your place is pretty good size. I think it's a good size with the basement. So I've realized the amount that I'm spread out now is kind of my optimal scenario. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as my minimum requirements go, so I'd probably need 200 square feet to be happy. Minimum, yeah. And I'm also like not taking into account the fact that I have all those book boxes spread out in my closet and at my parents' house. If those had to also be in the studio, then I would need way more than 200 square feet. I'd probably need at least double that, right? Yeah, definitely. But just for working room, I would need 200. So yeah, my ideal situation, what would your ideal situation be? I think it's similar where I think I'd want it to be on my property. So if I owned a house and I owned some land, I've always dreamed of my studio being in a tree fort, like an elaborate tree fort. Oh man, that would be a dream. That's why I call my studio Fort House Studios. So is it a tree fort or a tree house? And that's where Fort House comes from. So I want it to be in a big tree fort. I imagine it even being in a, uh, like a fake metal tree so that I don't have to worry about the tree getting damaged or rotting out or anything oh yeah going crazy oh, you're just like you're if, just I a, going if i had a like million dollars to drop just boom <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize we were doing like dream studios like that <laughs> i think i would change mine now i want a boat i want a houseboat that i could turn into a studio so i could just Ooh, like go cool. up in the casco bay and work on art that's doable and, and then, like that's have totally a fishing doable. rod that i could go you, could you know that. like that would be cool yeah if i wasn't married i would <laughs> in a heartbeat sell where i live and go buy a, a houseboat i've always thought they were so cool and i'd love to live in one yeah. but it's not a lot of space so it's hard i guess they do have larger ones they're they cool they're pretty expensive but they're yeah. cool when i was younger i used to watch that show macgyver and he used to, it would be it would be really nice it's it was working like the on the water thing. all the time yeah so oh, i yeah, always imagine but working like, in a tree house a tree would be pretty cool I was, too was growing up and I, it felt like a very creative place as a kid and whenever you're in a tree for it no matter how old you are you do get into that 
kid mindset. Kid mindset. That's what I've always loved the idea of. So yeah, I think you're if right. If I had a client visit my studio or anyone visit my studio, they're already getting into that mindset, just climbing up the stairs. <laughs> no. Doesn't sound very handicap accessible. <laughs> you a need an elevator that goes like <laughs> up the trunk of the tree. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking like using like a sequoia oh, tree, one of those crazy. massive trees. So you just have an elevator inside of the trunk. Oh, yeah. Man, that fun. would be the spiral and then staircase inside, hollow out the like, whole kind of tree. like a lighthouse. People are, are going to listen to this to hope and they're going to get some good suggestions. <laughs> and we're just going to be talking about ridiculous scenarios that nobody could possibly ever really studio do. Spaces, I know in, in Portland, at least, there's some artist studio spaces that are kind of like you could rent out a cubicle and it's all open and different artists are there. Or you could pay a little more and get your own locked room in this same space and you have a lot bunch of shared tools and stuff. That's always great and that's inspiring and you meet a lot of great people. Yep. But I've realized that I seem to just work better in my own cave, in my own bubble. Sometimes I get influenced too much, I think, by what yeah. I see, especially by what I see other people doing me. I see this with students too, huh. where class by class, sometimes there's different trends of how certain things look just because they're all working together. It's sometimes just in like technique of rendering yep. something or materials that are being used. This comes in waves. Yeah, so that's a great thing to talk about too, just like the fact that if you do end up having a studio outside your house, you could also have one like you're talking about where you have multiple artists in one space and there's pros and cons of that too. Yeah. I think too, when I work, I get in such a zone, I kind of zone everybody out, even in an environment like that. I mean, it is definitely nice to have, you know, be able to take a break for a few minutes and have someone to talk to. Yeah, that is really nice because it does get lonely. That's definitely a con yeah. to working alone. And it is nice to be able to like get a quick critique from someone. It's like, hey, what do you think of this? Is this a good thing, bad thing? Yeah. Did you like it? Did you? And then sometimes too, it's really nice to have other people working around you because then you feel like you have to work too. Because <laughs> like they're peer, working. There's like a peer pressure kind of thing going on. Yep. And that always helped me a little bit in school. I felt like whenever I would work in the studio with Max and Gunnar and a few of the other people that were working at the same time, we never seemed to take a break at the same time. So I would take a break and then like I would want to talk because I've just been focused, zoned out for three hours and now I want to. So then I felt like I was annoying people. Right. Hey, what are you working on? You know, like I need someone to talk to. <laughs> so you have to like maybe time things better. But you're right. Every day I would get there and there was one artist. He must have got there at 7 a.m. every morning. And then when I left, he was still working. And just seeing that work ethic, it helped push me yeah, to work definitely. longer. I always wanted to be the first one and last one, first one in, last one to leave. It kind of makes you feel like you're doing everything you can. And some, it's like you're trying really hard. You can't show off to anyone when you're working alone. Yeah. And if, if you end up, <laughs> no, you can't. But if you do work in a collective with a bunch of other artists, if you see some artists that are really getting successful and getting a lot of clients, you can see what they're doing. Like you're with them all day. So you can take notes and try to emulate some of the things that they're doing. And I'm not talking about like copying their art or their art style, but copying their work habits and what they're spending their time on. Are you always on YouTube looking for videos to watch and they're always sketching and, right. and you notice why they're successful How are you, and why you're not? How are you as far as productivity goes in your studio when you do have Netflix going in the background versus like a podcast versus music? Does that affect you? Yeah, no, they don't usually affect me. I generally pick things mm -hmm. for on YouTube that are more like podcasts anyway. And so I'm pretty good at just listening and drawing. And I'm always focused more on my art than I am on what's going on. So I'll kind of half listen to what's going on. Sometimes I prefer music. Sometimes I prefer podcasts. I've been getting into like vinyl a lot. 
and ordering a lot of old vinyls and stuff, but those aren't ideal to listen to when you're doing art. Mm-hmm. There's only three or four songs, then you have to flip the record. And so my hands are always filled with charcoal and stuff, so I don't want to touch them. I don't listen to music when I'm doing art as much because of that. Podcasts are podcasts are best I... for me. I sometimes get distracted with the Netflix, and I kind of just, instead of zoning out on my work, I'll start zoning out on the Netflix and, and not realize it. It really depends on if I need to think a lot or if it's a mindless task. If it's something I need to think a lot about, sometimes I'm even throwing earplugs in where I'm just blocking out all noise to focus. That's interesting. Hmm. I feel like I don't do a lot of thinking in my studio. I feel like I do a lot of my thinking at night and like, okay, what do I want to draw tomorrow? And then when I sit down, I already kind of know what I want to do. Maybe that's why I can easily listen to a podcast because I already kind of know what I'm drawing. So it's a little bit more automatic. I've thought about it a little bit ahead of time. When I need to do like some serious thinking or if I'm editing a video for TikTok or something stupid like that, yeah, I turn things off because I do need to focus and I need quiet for that. So it just depends on what I'm doing. And definitely having a studio at home or away, that doesn't really matter because either way, you're probably going to have a laptop or something that you're going to play videos and podcasts on. I think that's pretty cool. I don't think too many artists just sit there in silence and work. I don't know. I do do that a lot. (laughs) Oh, do you? I feel like that's more rare. But maybe it's not. I don't know. I just like to have some type of a noise on. I think it's just because I'm home alone all day. So it's like I feel like it's keeping me company in a way. That's what I feel about podcasts. I feel like they're keeping me company a little bit. Or sometimes I'll throw on YouTube videos yeah. of other people working so that when I do look up, I'm seeing someone else's progress. And then I, I look back down and continue my progress. I follow a ton of artists on YouTube. And some of them, are they talk about their art. Some of them do like time-lapse videos. I don't watch time-lapse while I'm working because mm-hmm. you have to be watching that the whole time to enjoy them yeah there's so many different things on youtube and podcast apps that are great to put on and just leave on and kind of half listen kind of the reason i wanted to do a podcast like this because so many artists do listen to talk radio and podcasts that hopefully it's a great resource for people they, they know they have put this on in the background and listen and get some ideas i always learn something whenever i listen to different podcasts like this and even if you don't you usually are like oh yeah i agree with what they said or yeah maybe i don't but at least it's something you're listening to i like to listen to usually podcast about things that i like and i think that's like how everyone is so most of the people that listen to our podcast if not all are probably artists or if not they at least like art i can't imagine why else you would listen to this it would be like i would never listen to a podcast that was all about golf or something because i don't golf and it would be just boring to me Maybe it wouldn't be. I don't know. I just feel like it would be. I think we covered this topic pretty well. Can you think of anything else that you wanted to cover as far as studio spaces? There's sometimes a trap. I found myself looking at studio spaces that I probably couldn't afford at the time. And so make sure you spend within your means. That's a really big thing because you don't want your studio to be the reason why your cash flow is all off. Yep. And now you can't afford things that you need and get stuck in a lease, blah, 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 blah. So just be careful of that trap. It's very easy to see that yep. really beautiful studio space and you want it. You want it right now, but it's just not the time right sometime. You have to you have to wait. Yeah. And work your way up. I bet there's a lot of artists right now because of what's happening with the economy are yeah. kind of rethinking having a studio outside their house and having that extra cost. So maybe some of these studios will open up. I don't know. It just depends on what happens moving forward. I know things are starting to open up a bit. Be happy with what you have, use what you have, and grow as you can. I think that's a good way to end this. So thanks for joining us today. We have on Etsy our promotion code, which is thumbnail. 
get 25% off anything in either of our stores. And if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, where can they send them? You can send them to thumbnailpodcast at gmail.com. Or either of us directly on our Instagrams at Fort House and Lewis. You're at Lewis Rossignol. Thanks, everybody. We'll Take look care. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Bye.